one day. And here we go. We are live. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Boutique. My name's JS. I've got returning for the second time. You know, I feel like you, uh, you know, you need to tell your wife that you need to make more time to come on the podcast more often. Tell her JS <laughs> says you need to be on the podcast more often. We got Black Captain Kirk, our resident Trekkie here. How's it going, Tim? Going well, guys. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Thanks. Tim is always on the lives, um, watching us and texting us, but he's never actually on. You've only been on once. So it's awesome yeah. to have you back. Uh, as I'm usually always, uh, wrestling. I'm usually wrestling with my daughter while I have my earbud in, like, you know, kind of uh, trying to entertain her while keeping up with what you guys are saying. But Oh, there you go. That works for me. As long as you're listening, at least at least you're, you're doing that. I mean, it's not as if you're here, but it's the second best thing. Uh, as always, Mr. At Messiah Complex Cosplay, how are you, Jeff? You're just nailing that now. I'd like to point out. You, re yeah, I'm, I, I mean, bravo, sir. Bravo. After mangling it so many times in a row. Yeah. At yeah, the yeah. last, like, at least dozen times, you just. Mm. And it's funny because it just clicked one day. It just rolled right. off my tongue yeah. one day. And then ever since, it's been fine. Because you can see, like, it's a lot, man. Like, I get it. I'm not, I'm only giving you grief because I totally understand. I screw it up half the time when I go to say it. So, yeah, it's all, it's all good. Yeah, things are well, man. I'm, I'm glad we've got so much interaction on the live already. And uh, today's conversation should be lively and might get a little spicy in here. This, this should be good. I, I uh, yeah, we're going to have yeah. a conversation today that is a little bit polarizing for some weird reason to me. I don't understand why it's so polarizing. I think it maybe has to do with the fact that a lot of people just don't want to listen to each other. They prefer arguing with each other. But that's part of the conversation that we're actually going to have here today. Unfortunately, we've got some bad news this morning. Uh, a lot of stuff happening uh, over in Eastern Europe uh, with you know Russia finally pulling the trigger and attacking Ukraine. So it's a sad, sad day for what's going on over there. Uh but, you know, the world keeps moving on, and today we are going to have, appropriately enough for Black History Month, a conversation on inclusivity. I think that inclusivity, and, and, and Tim, I'm, I'm going to want to rely on you a lot on this one. I mean, I'm, I'm basically public enemy number one in this discussion, really. Uh, you know, everything's been catered to me for the last century. What, especially in media. So I really want to get your input on, on this subject. Um, so how about we start from there? Tell us from your point of view, what inclusivity even means to you? Sure, sure. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I appreciate you um, asking uh, my opinion on these kinds of topics. But um, for me, you know, inclusivity means, uh, you know, for me personally, seeing uh, characters um, and stories um, and, you know, production companies and, and budgets that um, are focusing on voices that aren't always told, uh, that aren't always heard, rather. Um, you know, a lot of times you'll, you'll see a lot of different kinds of uh, similar narratives where certain archetypes or certain kinds of hero types uh, are... Um, constantly relied upon to make money or to bring in uh rate to get ratings or or you know bring in ticket sales and stuff and uh, a lot of times studios i feel use excuses uh like that for why they don't have more representation of different kinds of uh uh people in their um in their work so um 
you know, things like Black Panther and um, other very successful uh, Encanto and other kinds of um, intellectual properties that have been, um, have, you know, shined a light on other people's voices and other kinds of backgrounds uh, have really proven how um, lucrative uh, it can be to be inclusive. So uh, it's nice to start seeing more of that nowadays. But as you mentioned, you know, a lot of times the conversation gets polarized and um, a lot of the trolls come out of the woodworks and a lot of people start um, invoking words like woke or liberal agenda or progressive or, you know, whatever kinds of things that they um, uh, that are like kind of little dog whistles that kind of get, you know, people that are already a little uncomfortable about these subjects um, to to really become angry about these subjects. And I feel like a lot of it comes from that. It starts with people being uncomfortable and where, where that should be like an opportunity to help people become more comfortable with talking about these subjects. A lot of times, you know, uh, people are tricked into kind of retreating into their corners and, um, uh, you know, being kind of used, uh, you know, in, in politics and stuff to, to kind of, you know, further other agendas when, you know, it's just people who may not be exposed to these kinds of things in the past or may not have a lot of experience with it and they're first getting exposed to it and then they don't really know how to deal with it. And then, you know, there's a bit of a kind of panic or fight or flight kind of mentality when it comes to dealing with uncomfortable subjects. But um, that's, I guess, my initial stream of thought on that, if that makes sense. It, no, it totally makes sense. And and understand too, Tim, I was the one that sort of brought up, JS was like, what what kind of a topic could we get into that's maybe a little more deeper than just, you know, your standard, like, what was on Star Wars this week? Um, and this is one that I suggested, and it in large part due to uh, the conversation we had, I think it was on the last one, where you had mentioned, we you and I kind of talked a little bit in the Instagram chat about how important representation is to have a, a character that you can sort of identify with. Um, but you, you're also touching on some broader uh, ideology and aspects there that mm -hmm. I want to kind of unpack a little bit and explore sure. because I think we can probably all agree. Now, again, I want to make sure that we're clear. When I brought this up to JS, two cis white guys aren't going to sit here and have this conversation because what's the point, right? Like that would be the dumbest, like we don't have any level of experience to be able to speak on this. But I think we can probably all agree here in the channel that extremism on either end of a spectrum is typically a bad thing. Um, so talk to me a little bit, Tim, about someone like, and I'm just going to pull a couple of names out of the hat, and if you know them, great. If you don't, but someone like um, Jackie Robinson or someone like Willie O'Ree, the first black um, NHL player, or someone like Sidney Poitier. What trailblazers, absolutely, but what did those individuals outside of Geekdom, what did those individuals mean for you just as a kid growing up and seeing these guys either play baseball or play hockey or act up on screen and get Oscars and such, but also trailblazers to help the movement forward, to help the greater ideology forward. What did that mean to you and how does that still sort of affect you moving forward? Well, I mean, I, I feel like as a kid, you know, me personally, um, a lot of these names were kind of pointed out to me, but in passing and, and during, you know, Black History Month and in a way where they were more, kind of checking a box. Uh, I don't know mm. if it was because the teachers um, didn't know a lot about it or because they didn't care a lot about it either way. Um, there wasn't a lot of time spent on these things. So even though there are names that, you know, I can kind of recall as the, being these historical black figures, 
um, I can't exactly say that I had they had a big impact on me, unfortunately. And um, I think that's a that's a tragedy. And you know, as a um, as an you know a, a much older adult now, uh, looking back on a lot of things that I you know wasn't taught or failed to notice and things like uh, you know I it it kind of hurts a little bit and it's disappointing. Um, I just it, there's a disappointment in myself and and not treasuring that history more and and uh, kind of. Uh, taking more of an initiative to look into it. But there's also an anger and bitterness for, you know, uh, the hands that, uh, you know, kind of dealt my education out and, and the people that picked my curriculum and the, uh, again, not blaming the teachers, but just, you know, the powers that be that handed the uh, education I, I was given over to me and um, how certain things were omitted and certain things were kind of whitewashed and so on. Um, but I will say, I mean, I knew that these things were important, um, but unfortunately, and from my own perspective, I, I wasn't really taught to glorify these things as much as I should have. Then let me hit you with one that I'm pretty sure you do relate to. Uh, how about Nichelle Nichols? Yes, that, of course, was a huge <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah. Big one, big time. Power check here. And I remember, yeah. too, the stories that she told about when she was uh, about to leave the show, she was considering leaving the show, she runs into Martin Luther King. And he says, please don't leave. You you don't know what you are. You are a massive representative for the entirety of black culture on a nationally broadcast television show that millions of people are watching and they're passionate about. Obviously, that had a bigger impact on you as opposed right. to some of the other mentioned. So sure, talk sure. a little I mean, bit about that. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, uh, I, I should have prefaced my, that my previous statement with the fact that I'm not a very um, athletic or very sports uh, inclined person. Not the biggest. <laughs> Fair <fan>. enough. <laughs> so maybe I should have said that first. Tim's uh, not oh, a okay. hockey fan. Yeah. Well, I was but, trying to keep her in my back pocket. I'm like, oh yeah, but then I'm well, like, all right. You know, I bet. You know, yeah, yeah. I got, yeah. I got something for you. No, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, obviously, she was huge. I mean, I, I grew up watching Star Trek. Um, it was one of the biggest influences in my childhood and young adult life. And even now as an older adult, it's still a huge influence uh, in a lot of um, what I do, the way I think, the way I try and raise my daughter and stuff. But uh, seeing, you know, Michelle Nichols, uh, you know, and then finding out about her history and knowing the impact that she had on the Kings and how they watched her as, you know, watched Star Trek as a family um, because it was such a monumental um, uh, thing to see, you know, an African-American on screen uh, as a peer uh, with uh, her white counterparts, not just working for them or working under them. Um, with t talking lines and actually having, you know, her own storylines here and there. And actually, you know, the famous kiss, uh, even though they were made to kiss under duress, it was still a kiss that was uh, that ruffled feathers that they knew was going to um, upset a lot of people. But uh, uh, yeah, it was it was a huge influence on me. And, you know, kind of fast forwarding a little bit, you know, seeing uh, Jordy LaForge, you know, and, and uh, seeing, you know, Benjamin Sisko and now seeing Michael Burnham and stuff like that. Um, it's incredibly important to, uh, to, I think everybody and not just fans of these intellectual properties, but for people who aren't even fans, people that are just noticing this stuff in their periphery that, that they see representation being carried out. And it, it doesn't need to be one of those check every box kind of things like, you know, shoehorn a bunch of characters that are all different colors and have different. We're going to, we're definitely like going to explore that too. Yeah, for sure. But, but it, yeah, 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 we will. 
it's yeah. got to, there's got to be an authenticity to it. So that means mm. making sure that you are hiring the right people in production, the right writers, the right casting agents, the right people who can make sure that that idea is being carried through all the way through, um, which I feel know, like you make a good a point bit. talking about the lack of education too, because you've got, you've got a, like we say, a mainstream black character on a mainstream show in 1966. And then there's a dearth of that for a solid 30 or 40 years where you're not seeing like that should have been, and same with Cindy Poitier, that should have been the, the, the jumping off point for increased diversity and inclusivity. And that just didn't happen. Do you feel like that largely didn't happen because of the, that lack of education piece? I think, um, I think, or just culturally, you know, the, we weren't ready for that kind of conversation yet, even though clearly, especially where we are in North America, it is a mixed culture, not just black and white, but I mean, uh, it's, it's a huge range of diversity, but we just didn't see that for like 30 years or whatever, 40 years. Right. No, I mean, it's, you know, I think, uh, you know, Gene Roddenberry, he was, um, he, he was an exception. He was an anomaly. He was one of those people and not to, you know, heap too much praise on him. He did a great job. He, he, uh, was a huge influencer. He wasn't a perfect person and, and, you know, personally in a lot of different ways, but he, his ideas, um, as subversive as they were, he was a, a guy that he, he, sorry, what was that? JS is oh, on mute. You're, you're sorry. Good. Yeah, no, I was on mute because I was trying to turn my heat down because it's freaking boiling in this office here. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I feel like uh, you know it's almost like um, progress, you know, continues down a line, but society, while we're going down that zip line, sort of society is on a pendulum while we're going down that thing. So it's like as we start having progress, there are these moments where things snap back. So it's like, even though we had Ahura and even though we had Sidney Poitier, there's still gonna be that pendulum swing back in the other direction. Uh, yeah. Other examples like, you know, uh, Obama, uh, you know, being elected president, then a huge swing back with Trump. You know, there's certain kinds of things where it's not, unfortunately, it's not just a linear trajectory. It, um, it kind of, steps stop it steps backwards it stops it kind of you know moves backwards then it moves forward it, it um it jumps all around and, and especially when you have people actively working against things like that um you know that's definitely when you notice that it's not just the natural evolution of uh society kind of realizing more about itself and becoming more self-aware you realize that there are parts of society that understand what needs to be done and what benefit it could uh do for everybody but they work against it because either for profit or because of personal gain or or hatred mm -hmm. they work their little machinations to make sure that certain things um are harder for others and you know yeah of course yeah js i don't want to bogart all of tim's time and, and, and chew up all the questions you want to get in here no, with, uh, no, with no, thoughts that's or whatever time because it's interesting conversation <laughs> i mean you brought up a couple of really really good points you know one of the things you were saying earlier is is not only do we need more representation on the screen, but we need more representation behind the cameras, right? Exactly. I feel like when you look at production crews, we have a lot of production crews that work constantly downtown Toronto. And when you look at them, you kind of see the same people over and over again. You know, it, 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 why is that? Is it a matter of it's the old boys club thing where, you know, they're, they're like, I, I, 
I don't know. I feel like that's where it starts, right? It needs to start on the ground level to 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 grow, and and it, it, and it's not starting on the ground level. And we're trying to pitch to people, well, oh yeah, representation, but we're we're not even doing the basic things sometimes, right? Sure, sure. It's like when you um when you look at those uh, uh when you look at like the hierarchy of a lot of corporate you know, structures and stuff, you see, um, you know, there's a lot of diversity on like, you know, the lower rungs and stuff. But once you get up to the C-suite, to the executive levels, it's all, it's all white men with maybe a couple token individuals or people that somehow broke through. And, you know, especially once you get to that, you know, CEO level, that VP level and everything, it's all, you know, but uh, yeah, same thing in Hollywood, same thing in entertainment. And, and, you know, it, it permeates everything and it gets everywhere. So, you know, you mentioned something interesting to me about a natural progression. And I think that's probably important for us to touch on. Cause I did mention, I want to make sure we kind of hit sort of both ends of this. And I want to make sure, obviously we super appreciate you coming on Tim, but I want to make sure we don't get solely focused on the inclusivity and, and, and diversity in black culture. I want to make sure, and I want to point out a couple of examples where I think something maybe got shoehorned in for sake of versus something that occurs naturally. And that's how the MCU has handled uh, LGBTQ characters. So if you guys remember in Endgame, there is uh, a group of people sitting around in a support group talking about the blip and how everybody's been gone for a number of years. And there is what is clearly a very forced conversation, how one of the people in that group, who's played by one of the Russo brothers actually, um, was a gay man. And it, and it ended up being He's not a character. He's not anybody that you see before, anybody that you see after. He was placed in that particular moment to say that he was gay to appease, seemingly to appease the people that have taken the MCU to task for a really terrible job of representing LGBTQ characters. But then you get to cool moments like in Loki, where he's talking to Sylvie and Sylvie asks him if he's had some prince or princesses in his life. And he says a little bit of both. It's a natural type of the conversation of an established character that we already know. And it feels completely within character for that to be the case. But even if you're going to introduce a new character like in Eternals, the character of Hephaestus, we find out halfway, three quarters of the way, two thirds of the way through the movie that he's married at home with a husband and such. And all of it seems like a complete natural progression. None of it seems like it just got shoehorned in for the sake of woke culture. So I, I want to make sure, I guess, that we address the fact that there is clearly a difference between these two, like I said, extremes on either end. But just to shoehorn, like Tim, you even used the word token, just to have someone in that place for the, the sake of representation and nothing else can actually be detrimental as opposed to bringing something along naturally and earning, quote unquote, the space. Now, like JS alluded to earlier, the white folk haven't earned any of this throughout the course of so many decades. We just got it given to us. So you, you shouldn't have to do the same. But at the same time, if it feels too forced, it doesn't come across as genuine. And then it just it looks it looks it's ineffectual. It looks stupid. So right. do you guys want to talk on that? Did you guys have the same feelings about those particular scenes and characters that I mentioned? Go ahead. Go ahead yeah, I mean, I do, because Eternals gets a lot of flack specifically for this reason. The Eternals gets a lot of flack for being a woke movie, which I, I didn't think was woke at all. I thought that the care. I actually really liked Eternals. I'll say it right now for everybody watching, I actually liked the Eternals. It was one of my favorite movies that the MCU came out with in a long time. Um, 
those scenes didn't feel forced for me. Like, and you're right. You know, there are situations I feel like where productions will put people in certain roles just so that they can say, oh, look at how good we are. We tokenized this character or we did this to that, you know, instead of worrying about writing a good story and, and, and just, it doesn't matter if a person is gay or straight. It doesn't matter if a person is black or white. As long as you write a good freaking character. Like to me, that's the key thing, right? If you're writing a good story and you're making a good movie and like you say, it doesn't feel like you're shoehorning somebody in then that's the way to go about it. That's the way to show people it's normal. It's normal to be gay. It's normal to have different color people on Well, that's, that's what I mean. I want the representation there, and I want to make sure the representation is included, but I don't want it to be the defining. Like, the only reason we hire this particular person and the, and the only reason they have five minutes of screen time is because our diversity focus group showed that we had to have a black character at 33 minutes into this movie type of thing. Tim, you look well, like you were kind of like a little bit like you can see this in well, a couple of different ways. So, so yeah, hit us. yeah. I mean, like I, you know, there's a couple things like, yes, we want it to be uh, a naturally um, good movie that that flows outward and, and, and doesn't feel like things are just thrown in because focus groups or because uh, studios said that, you know, uh, this tests well or that brings in more money. But you know, if by the end of that product, let's say, let's say you do hire some great people, some great teams, some, uh, you know, the, a great budget and you put together a picture and you look at it and there are, there is no inclusivity. Now, of course you can look at, you know, what's the plot? What's the story about? Is it like some old, you know, uh, Euro kind of story? Then of course, yeah, there might not be as, um, as much inclusivity. Is it something that like takes place in America? Is it something that takes place in a city? Is it something that takes place in a, in, in a place in time where there should be inclusivity, inclusivity of some kind? And then if there isn't, then of course you may have made the movie in a vacuum. And even if it, it has, you know, great dialogue and you have great people lined up for it, it, you know, it fails to hit those marks where it's going to alienate a lot of people, even if, it doesn't alienate the main audience that these studios are going after. It does alienate uh, the rest of the world, regardless of if the rest of the world are programmed to still like that stuff. Um, so I feel though you're alienating to... a lot of people when you're doing that with franchises that people are very attached to. Well, that's the right? thing. Those people do that yeah. to Star Wars. You do that to Star Trek. You do that to Lord of the Rings. You do that to franchises that people have an emotional connection to. Yeah, that's when people are going to start getting real mad like yeah well i mean you know it's it's like like one of those things where i feel like with star trek for example they um with discovery you know some people attack for being woke this that and the other where you know it's not like paramount's like pandering to to these audience and audiences and they're like well let's write in you know uh adira doll's character and gray's character and let's write in you know um tignataro's character and let's write in that we had now a black captain let's write you know they're not saying all that stuff they actually are hiring these voices these writers these people these with these backgrounds that are putting together these fantastic stories that of course are featuring characters that have these different kinds of backgrounds and you know again i'm like watching star trek today the new episode no spoilers of course and i'm just blown away by how well the show is written how well it's acted and this that and the other and um you know i and i start to try and peel back all the reasons why people are hating on the show and of course, everybody can have their own opinions. It's, it's you know, teach their own. But 
a lot of times people have issues with, well, the acting stinks. Well, look at every single Star Trek ever. None of them have really great acting in it. They might feature great actors. You know, Patrick Stewart's a great actor, but let's look at everybody else and all their lines. Let's look at how all of them are delivered. Let's look at how cheesy so much of it is. You know, then let's look at all these other things that people are, are uh, kind of pointing out that are issues with it and stuff. And it kind of, again, it goes back to people just being threatened and people, like you said, JS, people feeling like they own these things, like they own this band or they own this show or this book and, and it's theirs and nobody else really understands it like that. And if somebody comes along and does it a little bit different or interprets a character differently, that you know, there it's a it's a you know a crime against you know this beloved uh, you know property of theirs or something. And um, one, people need to realize this is not yours. You know, this is public stuff. This is all of ours. You know, I might be a bigger fan of Star Trek than the guy next to me, but who am I to tell him that you know he's wrong for thinking that you know maybe the Kelvin movies are his favorite? That's his opinion. That's fine. I might be I might have a fun debate with him about it. But, but that's his opinion, right? Um, you know, I think that people are getting too entrenched in these different positions. They feel like things are being attacked and, you know, things like woke and things like, uh, you know, all, all these other buzzwords that I think, you know, stir up this negative energy are just, um, yeah, people are just kind of playing into the hands of these different politicians that like aren't even taking into consideration that they love Star Trek or that they dislike this character they're taking they're thinking about the whole different kind of game that you know a lot of these fans aren't even appreciating it you know they're so focused on this one little thing that they don't realize that they're kind of feeding into you know a whole mass of people uh, that are a part of this you know uh kind of cloud of intolerance and and bigotry and stuff and you know, maybe you, you might not consider yourself a bigot or something, but like really peel back why you maybe you dislike a certain actor, why why you maybe you dislike a certain movie. And, you know, um, if you really dislike it for for legit reasons, that's fine. But I think a lot of this vitriol and a lot of these this trolling and this really like nastiness that people are, are, are just kind of throwing out there, um, it's not just from people not liking something. It's not just from the, you know, not feeling a show, you know, it's, it's, it's something personal that people feel is uh, being attacked about them or about their background or about their way of life that they feel is threatened. And, and then they feel, they look at entertainment and they're like, well, it's there too. Now, you know, Hollywood's a part of it too. And now, now they, now they, they've taken Star Wars and they've done, done, turned it into this. And now they've taken Star Trek and turned it into that. And, Again, look back at all the stuff that you guys glorified that these fans, that these nasty people glorify as being like the perfect movies. And they weren't perfect. There was a lot of problems with them. They had, they were terribly done in many ways. We love them for these terrible, for these reasons. So like not, you know, don't, I don't know, sometimes like, but then again, there's also nerds that are just too snobby about stuff. And it, and it, some, some of it kind of coalesces into like this whole kind of um, weird kind of uh, thing but anyway sorry about the rant but no 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 it's no, good because i want to i want to i want to pick up the torch for js here a little bit because he mentioned it i think in the last podcast too is is sometimes though it, it can be difficult to express um your maybe dislike of a certain property like discovery is a really good example js isn't a huge fan of discovery right now 
And because he has said that publicly, he's actually getting grief from exactly what you're referring to, Tim. People are just assuming that he doesn't enjoy it because it's too woke or it's too diverse or it's too this or too that. Can't have a strong black female captaining the ship. What are you, what are your mind? At the end of the day, where do we, how, how do we differentiate between what is genuinely, I don't think this show is written or acted very well, to you don't like it because it's got strong black characters and gay characters and non-binary characters and, and such. It, it seems like such a slippery slope to the point yeah. where, do, you know what I mean? Like, like I said, extremism at either end is bad. Are we going to get to a point where we can't criticize anything if it has any level of diversity to it because we're going to be seen as racist or bigoted or homophobic or transphobic or whatever you know what i mean well it seems like it but it's not it's not because i think i think enough of us are smart enough to like package our statements in a way that isn't going to rub people the wrong way like you know catching more well, you would think with, but uh, honey he's still and, he's still getting grief though like he's been very well, clear gonna, on why he doesn't like discovery and he's still getting all kinds of hate people calling him a bigot and a racist so well unfortunately i, I mean that's not fair that's definitely not fair and i you know mm. js i've spoken with you about discovery you know plenty of times i know you know why you know and we've we've gone around in circles about this and and you know uh it's well he's wrong don't get me wrong he's wrong he's wrong screw that guy for god's sake if you stop being wrong people will stop coming for you no it's unfortunate that no matter what there's going to be people that are going to come for you especially if you air any kind of opinion at all and 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 you know that doesn't mean we should just not air opinions that just means like let's try and push on through and let's try and reach out to those folks that that are you know like if it's one or two people that are like saying you know you're a racist because you don't like it not that you have to dialogue with them but maybe reach out to them say like i really want to unpack this with you and make sure you understand that that's not why i dislike the show and i'd like you know whatever not that you have to do that it's not your job to make everybody understand or like you but um you know if it's a ton of like nasty noisy people then you know it's not much you could really do about it i mean i think that as long as you continue to speak truthfully and in a way that isn't meant to um uh offend anybody i think you're gonna you're gonna be okay um i feel like you know it's it's tough like you know there's always going to be people that assume somebody doesn't like something for reasons that they're going to come up with that that to them makes them feel more comfortable uh, there's no way somebody would dislike this because I love it so much. So that must not be why they dislike it. They must dislike it for a whole other reason. And it's irrational. People are going to be irrational, especially people who are so passionate about these things and so defensive of these things, uh, you know, um, especially if it's somebody that feels like Discovery is the only show for them, that the only show that's ever spoken to them, if they hear anybody come for it in any way, they might be triggered, you know. Um, oh yeah, and and, and, and it's funny I you mentioned know. that because there is a lot of that, right? I mean, especially I'm on a lot of the Star Trek Facebook groups, and the minute somebody says anything against Discovery, you'll have like a trail of people like just going nuts attacking them, right? And it's like, holy yeah. cow, like dude, we're talking about a fictional show here. It's not, you know, like I get yeah. that you like the show, but people are allowed to not like it as well, right? Of course, uh, yeah. And, and, no, and they- right. I think Tim brings up a good point too. Is these are and so you just said it too. They're they're fictional characters, man. Like let's let's all just dial it back. Like everybody upset about exactly. you know 
the Lord of the Rings. Like I think I mentioned this in the last podcast too, and Tim, feel free to weigh in on this too. Being upset that some of the dwarves and elves are black is stupid. They're fictional pretend characters. It doesn't matter what they are. When so they redid when they redid Anne Boleyn again, I at least understand the argument at that point. You're talking about a real life historical character that was a white person, and now you've recast it as a black person. I can see how that would ruffle a few feathers because you are literally rewriting history at that point to serve what seems like some sort of an agenda, as opposed to taking a fictional character where it doesn't matter what they look like and making them look any way they want, hiring the best people for that job and making sure that you're having representation, diversity, inclusivity, and all that. So I don't know if you guys want to speak to that, the differences are versus there, but JS, it sounded like you had something you want to add in and throw in on there too. So Yeah, so... I I, again, I, I, I've tried to do a little bit of digging in this because, again, I don't – I'm not a fan of the Lord of the Rings like some of you guys are, and, and I don't follow a lot of the – what's going on and what people are saying. So I had to go in and do a little bit of research and watch some videos and try to make heads or tails of, of what the issue is here. And not once have I ever read or, or heard anybody on any board or any video say that they had a problem with elves or dwarves being black. What they do have a problem with, though, is that the Dwarf Queen does not have a beard. She's a dwarf. She should have a beard. You know? Maybe where she shaved. The, where the way that... <laughs> maybe she shaved. But the whole point is, is in the lore of Lord of the Ring, the Dwarf Queen should have a beard. You know? Maybe she's got a condition. Uh, the way they're... <laughs> We, we, we don't know. I don't know. I, I know a dude that can't grow a beard. I know a bunch of dudes that can't grow beards. The point I'm trying to make, though, is that a lot of the people that are having issues with specifically what's going on with the Lord of the Rings is not necessarily about the fact that they are there's diversity in the show as much as how they're portraying the characters. A lot of the issues people are having are actually with Elrond and Galadriel. I don't know why. Again, I haven't been able to figure what the people's problems are with those two characters, but they even look like the you know, like the people that played them in the Peter Jackson movies, uh, but people seem to have an issue with the way they're portraying those two characters, the way they're portraying, portray, bleh, portraying. Am I seeing that correctly? Portraying, Port portraying. Got you got it. it. Um, the, the the dwarf queen, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So again, I feel like a lot of the division that we have these days, and 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 Tim and I want you to weigh in on this as well, because I feel like the world and not just in media, the world in general is divided big time divided. Now way more than we've ever been. Um, one has politics weaponized. I know you hate the word, but wokeness, that's the first thing. And are, are we so divided because we can't actually sit down and listen to each other? I think that one, I think, that um, the powers that be, the ones that are trying to play both sides against each other, one, I think they want us to think we're more divided than we are. I think that actually, in actuality, there's more consensus. I feel like there is more, I believe that. even though there's louder voices that, that are polarized and, mm -hmm. and it seems like there are more people that are mobilized with their hatred, uh, that more of us are on the same page about a lot of things, more than ever. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think, you know, um, along with the free flow of information and evolution and, you know, society kind of continuing to build itself up in almost like a Star Trek kind of way, uh, you know, we'll continue to move uh, forward with that kind of uh, progress. And I think that buying into the fact that we 
are becoming too divided um, does a lot of that work for them. You know what I mean? Like it, um, it's that Machiavellian kind of mental game where like we're defeating ourselves kind of. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's all about, like you said earlier about people that are going to assume you don't like Star Trek because of this, that, or the other, like, as long as people are willing to speak to each other or at least try and it's, you don't have to come to an agreement that first time you talk, but maybe the second time you talk, maybe there's like a little bit more common ground. And, and there's that hope that eventually, you know, um, we're not going to be as divided as we seem. Uh, But, but I don't think we are, you know, I think like, you know, um, look at, you can look at like voting numbers and stuff like that. I'm not going to quote any numbers, but you know, more people voted than ever before, like the last time around. And a lot of those people voted for the same person, you know, and uh, speaking for the U.S., I, sometimes I forget you guys are Canadian. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you get the picture. I feel like, you know, not to be too kumbaya and too idealistic because, you know, we still have, it's still an uphill battle and there's still really, you know, uh, negative forces that um, seem to have a lot of resources uh, at their disposal that are, you know, very coordinated against, uh, you know, any kind of coming together um, that we will eventually, um, as long as we kind of, you know, it's okay if we take one step back, as long as we're taking a couple steps forward, I guess, you know. Mm -hmm. I think you've nailed it because I think for all of us, we're all moderates, like most of us and most of the people that you know, and and most of the people in our circles are all moderates. We're all kind of in the middle. Some of us might lean a little left or a little right or whatever. Who cares? The extremists are such a small percentage, but they're easily the loudest for sure because because they're extremists. Right. So they have the loudest voices. And because of social media, which we did a talk on a few weeks ago, they now have a platform. Thanks to for be making able to, all the points I was trying to make, but thank yeah, you. <laughs> just to espouse all of these things where you've got like 2% of Twitter is this horrific, toxic, and either way, like I said, by the way, either way too far on the social justice warrior side where they're just trying to call out everybody's everything or way too far on the, 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 you know, Republican right side where it's like, hi, we'd like the old boys white club in power and that's it. And everybody else can piss off. We've got to get to a point where we can categorize those where they belong in that one or two percent where the rest of us centrists and moderates don't have a hill to climb and, and put our flag in and die for. So we don't really get heard like no one's screaming out the top of our lungs. Everybody just relax and get along and it's okay for us to have differences no one's really doing that or at least not to the point where the people at the extremes are doing it those people aren't being heard because they're getting drowned out by these loud assholes on either eye of the spectrum either side of the spectrum makes it tough man well because it's not representative to to an extent you know and I, i agree with it to an extent i just i do feel like um you know we don't want to paint the two sides of the extreme um too similarly because I do think that they there's very there there are differences in I think what motivates them and and how they get kind of stuff done so to speak for example like uh, I mean I know I lean left so I don't want to make it seem like I'm you know painting all conservatives with a broad brush but you know when you look at the extreme right you see people that um, I mean very extreme right uh, worst case scenario, extreme right, we're looking at, you know, white supremacists, people that are, um, you know, 
you know, performing hate crimes, people that are um, harassing people, people that might even be like in, you know, these militias or these crazy kind of um, people like the three percenters or the, uh, you know, Proud Boys or, or you know, some of these people that stormed the Capitol and stuff like that. Um, and a lot of them are, you know, let's say are pro Second Amendment, very gun oriented, owning, stockpiling a lot of guns, you know, uh, a lot of them might be very chauvinistic, very, uh, you know, conservative in the sense of like, you know, turning back the clock in ways that are very counterproductive and, and, and hurtful in, in, in a lot of ways. So, um, and then if you look at the extreme left, and again, not to paint them too much like like they're heroes or whatever, because they're not, but you're, you're looking at people that maybe like, you know, try, they're trying to stop some bulldozers from knocking down the Amazon or like maybe in the very extreme, they want like, chaos or anarchy or, or socialism or something like that my point is like yes there are extremes and yes they um they may uh it, it may all seem very counterproductive but i definitely want to be very careful about making sure we're not painting the both extremes as the same kind of destructive uh, in a sense because one no, can be true. very destructive and the other even though they theoretically could be just as destructive they're simply not as destructive by the nature of their mandates and the resource that they have at their disposal. You know, um, I think I was trying more to build off what JS but, was saying about what the weaponization is. I feel like the extreme, oh, yes, and, and I don't even like necessarily the left, right, but the extremists on the social justice side do tend to weaponize the culture against certain people. Johnny Depp's a, a great example. We talked about it during our Harry, uh, Harry Potter podcast. Oh yeah. Amber Heard makes an accusation. The entirety of that particular group on that extreme just comes out and vilifies him and rakes him through the mud, gets fired, basically Cancel loses culture. his career, and his livelihood. And then it turns out she was actually the abusive one and, and he was largely not at fault for any of it. So that's more what I meant I him on mean. that, think, that level of weaponization. Right. You're absolutely right. I don't want to group proud boys with social justice where that's not what I'm trying to do. I meant more the discourse, not so much. No, I know the what you mean. I think reaction. I th yeah. I think to that point, I, I think also like, um, just kind of devil's advocate a bit, like, or not even devil's advocate, just kind of speaking, um, I think from what I can glean might be on the other side is that, you know, so many women aren't believed that, of course, I think I think that um, society kind of owes it, honestly, owes it to women a little bit to give them more of the benefit of the doubt as we have oh, it for, you know, over 2000 no, absolutely. years. Absolutely. So I, I, I don't think what happened to Johnny Depp is at all right. I don't think it's I, I think it's incredibly terrible. I think that obviously once um, certain dies are cast, you can't undo them. Once that bell is wrong, you can't undo it. Um, when somebody is painted as something terrible, uh, fill in the blank, um, it's, it's hard to refute that even if there is proof. Um, so that is very unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. Um, I, maybe if more women were believed up to that point, maybe that whole case would have been uh, more thoroughly investigated by the people that ended up jumping to conclusions. I don't know. Sure, um, sure. And, 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 you know, that kind of goes back to like how, um, people might be super defensive about something that they feel, you know, is their only, uh, you know, oasis of representation or something. So uh, to that similar kind of in that similar way, like, you know, uh, yeah, women haven't been believed for a long time and they still aren't being believed in a lot of ways. So um, True. it's unfortunate that about what happened to Johnny Depp and I don't think it's right at all. Um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, 
I think, again, society owes it to women to believe them and, and we have sure. to keep going that way. Uh, but, um, yeah, it sucks. It, it, it sucks with all, like you said, everybody kind of piles on. We don't know what's happening. Yeah. We, a little bit, you know, somebody, we don't, people don't even read the stories anymore. They don't even read the articles. They see oh, they the, just read the headline. Yeah. They see or somebody comment. else's comment. Exactly. Somebody else's exactly. comment. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or someone posts that, a right? meme or someone puts together an infographic and suddenly everybody is sharing it and no one's really got an idea what the source of it, any of it was, right. even if there yeah. was a source. And next thing you know, it's shotgunned all over the internet and everybody's like, clapping and patting themselves in the back for doing it. And then everybody else is like, wait, 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 hold on. Where did this even come from? Like, what are you even, even talking sourced, about? Like, yeah. It's not even a thing that you're talking about. So yeah. yeah. Yes, uh, um, I want to take a quick time out here. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I, I know Jeff, you just, I, I'm seeing your train of thought right now. I know you've got a bunch more stuff you want to say and talk about, but it's all good, I want to take ahead. a minute here uh, for us to read through some of the comments because there are some, some good comments. Jeff, I'm going to ask you to go back in the comments if possible. Yeah, I'm having for sure. an issue with my phone. I always have an yeah. issue with this stupid Instagram. Nope, I can absolutely so you do can it. read some of the comments. While you're doing that, I want to let everybody know that's watching, whether you're watching live. I know there's people watching live actually on YouTube right now. Yeah. Uh, or the people watching us live on Instagram. We've got a brand new show, a brand new segment coming on the Geeks and Company. Uh, me and my buddy Rob have actually filmed the first two episodes already. Uh, we're calling it Use It or Lose It where we're actually well in the first episode i'll tell you right now we've got a mystery amazon box that had five items in it and we discovered what each one of those five items were tried them out made fun of them etc cetera, etc cetera. we had a great time episode two was all about hot sauces stormtrooper hot sauces listen you guys need to check those out they should be coming out within the next week or two um so brand new segment coming on the geeks and company uh, Jeff, can you uh, point out some of the good yep, comments? Yep, absolutely. Here? So we're going to talk about, so we were talking earlier about the education piece, and Victoria mentioned uh, the Dork side. Yep, we only learned about black history during the shortest month of the year, and just barely, too. That's uh, absolutely, which, by the way, does uh, cue me in on something I did want to ask him about. So we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that one for sure. I, Tim, I have a million questions for you, just so you know. So it's, it's we're, we're going to run out of time before I get to everything that I want to talk to you about. But I'm so glad to have you here and get to chat with you about this kind of stuff. So uh, Ether Bloom was talking about, uh, Ether Bloom has worked on some movie sets, actually. And she said, you will get removed from set in exchange for a man, for sure. So, yeah, really, the, diverse, eh? wow. the, the diversity on movie sets is obviously still not where it needs to be. Uh, Loki Quinn mentioned, I'm glad that you're talking about how there is a difference uh, and woke culture is not always good or natural. Yeah, we've talked about that. We even mentioned tokenism and such and how that's not always a good thing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the pandering is driving people crazy. Um, the dork said again, I feel like people feel like they can be racist and hide behind the guys that it's just not accurate to the show. Uh, again, same thing what we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. um, and the works out again, there's always going to be people that want to hate just to hate. And I think that's what we were talking about too. Some of those extremists. Totally. It doesn't even just, matter just, if something's the, good yeah. or bad. Whatever, or... whatever the hate of the week is, I'm jumping on and drinking that yeah. haterade. Uh, Hate's um, popular right now. It I is very popular. The other day, like if you look at a lot of the big YouTube channels right now, or even the, ch the videos on my channel, the videos on my channel that blow up are the videos where I'm talking about how I don't like something. How I'm if I'm hating on something, those videos blow up. Thousands and thousands of views. If I like something, eh, I'm lucky if I get 20 views. Well, I mean, like every I feel like every 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 group has every social group has that one person, right? That's like never satisfied about something. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's there's almost like in the especially in like the nerd 
culture, whatever, if you want to call it that, there's this badge of honor about, uh, you know, oh, this, I'm so jaded by seeing so many epic, amazing things. Like nothing surprises me. Nothing's cool. Everything is, you know, uh, derivative. Nothing is genuine. And this is all boring to me uh, or, or it's terrible. It's, or not worth enjoying or whatever. And like, you know, there are varying degrees to stuff. There's like, there are movies that you might consider are perfect in every way. And then there are movies or shows that you, you might consider guilty pleasures that are terrible in every way. And then there are some that, you know, maybe you enjoy for some things here and there, but like, I feel like there's, there's no middle ground, you know, like, like we've talked about so many times tonight that, and especially in like the nerd uh, audiences, like there's something really elitist and snobby about, you know, not being satisfied or not being happy with something. So yeah, whoever's the first to point out something that is uh, that they're unhappy with is like, you know, they, they feel like it's some kind of, um, again, like a badge of honor or like some kind of uh, mm -hmm. a brilliant perception or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. It's, Jennifer is saying there will always be opportunities uh, with bad intentions, including women, but it shouldn't cast a shadow on the rest. Uh, and Elena Lee was saying, I distanced myself from the con scene due to the feeling of my hobbies becoming a task more than an interest. So I get that feeling. So absolutely. Tim, I wanted to uh, ask you really quickly, have you seen the clip of Morgan Freeman talking to Mike Wallace about mm. Black History Month? And racism. Yeah. Have you seen that? Okay. I can't say that. Um, I'll, 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 I'll get you to watch it. But briefly in Cole's notes, Mike Wallace asked Morgan Freeman essentially about why Morgan Freeman doesn't like Black History Month. And Morgan Freeman's response is, well, Black history is American history. Why should my history be relegated to just one month? Right. He then asked Mike Agreed. Wallace, you know, do you have a white history month? And Mike Wallace says, well, I'm Jewish. And he says, well, do you have Jewish history month? And Mike Wallace says, no. And Morgan Freeman says, would you like one? <laughs> to which Mike Wallace also says no. And Mike Wallace asks him an interesting question. So how do we get over the racism? And Morgan Freeman's response, I'm getting goosebumps. I'm literally getting goosebumps thinking about it. Morgan Freeman's response is simply, stop talking about it. I'm going to talk to you like you're white Wall Mike Wallace, and I'm going to ignore the fact that you're a white man, and you're going to talk to me like I'm Morgan Freeman, and you're going to ignore the fact that I'm a black man. We're just two people having a conversation. Do you feel like because that kind of flies in the face against of what we're talking about is making yeah. sure that we have that inclusivity and that diversity and that representation mm, where yeah. where does the line get, yeah you're like no screw that no, guy no that's yeah. the uh that's the whole that's like unfortunately that's what we were a lot of us were raised with the don't see color don't we're all the same you right. know color blindness is the goal kind of thing and 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 that is not the goal um, you know, color blindness, uh, it, it, it fails to acknowledge, um, a lot of the, uh, inequalities and, a, uh, a lot of the, um, uh, societal issues and historical issues that are just going to yeah. continue to get swept under the rug. Right. So, Agreed. Um, and it doesn't allow so, us to celebrate our differences either. Right. Like it doesn't really no. give us that opportunity to highlight or accentuate no. the differences between the different races and cultures and sexualities and genders and everything else too. If we're just exactly. seeing everything as a blank slate. So yeah. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, he's allowed to have his opinion. Uh, oh, of course. You know, I mean, like there's a lot of, uh, you know, people that might have differing opinions about this kind of stuff, but no, yeah. I mean, you know, I feel like if you, if you look to a lot of people that actually study this stuff, like the science that it is, um, and, you know, study race, study anthropology, study history, uh, you know, um, all this kind of stuff, you'll, you'd see that, yeah, they, 
most of them, at least now, the research now says that, no, you know, you don't run away from it. You talk about it. You acknowledge it. Um, you get to the root of it. You uh, talk about how even if you aren't responsible for the racism that my family has been through or that I've been through, that um, you at least have to acknowledge that your family or yourself has benefited from it, even if it if you didn't proactively benefit from it, you at least reactively did so, or that society at least gives you slightly different rules than it does me. And you know, you have to be able to acknowledge all these things to be able to actually have these real conversations. Otherwise, you know, you're just talking at each other, uh, hoping that there's not going to be any problems later on. Like you're not really getting down to to any kind of common ground, any common issue and stuff. And um, you know, um, yeah, that's my opinion there. Do you do you get I I don't have any issue with it on either level but do you get when people are upset when they're talking about Idris Elba is going to be the next James Bond or Michael B Jordan is going to be the next Superman you've got characters that have been classically portrayed by white people for decades and eons and were originally conceived of as written as white people but now we're going to go ahead and and cast either a black guy or a woman in some of these roles or what have you should again like should we all be cool with that? Do you get why some people wouldn't be cool with that? Should, are those people completely in the, you know what I mean? Like, is there, yeah. I mean, like if, uh, you know, if it was one thing, if like Shang Chi was ca- casted as, you know, a black dude or something, some like American black dude that like had no roots in China or something like that. Um, but you know, if we're talking about an alien <laughs> that drops to earth, <laughs> you know, it's okay if he's black to me, right? Like, what, what, what are we? What kind of, um, you know, uh, lineage are we like looking into about his like race and color and stuff? And uh, right, even right. if in the comics, even if in the comics all these characters were white, when did these comics come out? You know, right. what were they allowed to do? And and also taking a step back, like as you know, you guys are comic book guys. You know, most of these comics were created by people that were liberal, that were speaking out against social injustices or speaking out against tyranny or speaking out against um other kinds of issues that you know i feel like people forget about you know they get caught up in you know it's a superhero with superpowers and action adventure and this that and the other but you know like x-men was about you know civil rights like so who cares like if they turn all these characters black who cares if they turn all of them gay like like that's and you know maybe that stuff means more to the people that need it than the few that are upset by it. And, you know, I, I, I'd like to think about that as well, but, um, you know, I think, you know, if, if the studio is like, let's change them to black because we think it's going to make more money, then, you know, yeah, that kind of, you, you can question their motives all you want, but again, what's the impact? Is it still going to mean a lot to those black people that see it? You know, yeah. so it's like there's there's a lot of different layers that we need to be able to not that you have to take into consideration, but, you know, um, before you judge it, you might want to take into consideration. No, no, of course. Uh, Loki Quinn I, brings up a yeah. good point. She's talking about Starfire in the show Titans. So many people yeah. lost their shit when a black woman was cast. She's an orange alien. So what's the real problem? And I'd like to point exactly. out she kills it on the show. She's a fantastic yeah, she's amazing. She was really good, yeah. She's oh, one of the few I mean, things I like about the show. Yeah. <laughs> right? So that's what I mean. Like, as long as, like, it, when I see, it's so funny we were talking about Uhura earlier, and this is going to sound so, so, so stupid, especially after you just chastise us for t- colorblindness and such, but I remember when I first read that story about MLK talking to her about making sure she stayed on the show, it was in that, I was like, 
oh yeah, she's black. Because it didn't, because it, it wasn't central to what her character contributed to the show. The representation is amazing and groundbreaking and fantastic, but it's not like every other day on the show, every other episode, they just espouse the fact that she was black. Like you said, she was just a natural part of the crew, not a servant, not a, not it just, just, she was just like every other person that was walking around in that bridge crew looking hot in a miniskirt. That's for me, that's when it's like, oh, that's now it makes like it's not. It's not. It doesn't seem as forced at that point. It doesn't seem as as like we talked about token at that point. It just seems like yeah, of course. It, but well, yeah, so, yeah. you you want you want them to be natural and you want it to fit right in, but you also want to make sure that you're not um, ignoring like those aspects of that character, right? You want to make sure that you have like uh, oh, for sure these black characters, but you don't want them to feel like their character can't acknowledge their blackness or deal with issues that acknowledge their blackness, right? So like that kind of again goes back to making sure that you're hiring voices that yes. are telling these stories from a place of authenticity so that you don't have to worry about, you know, the one random gay guy in the support group being like, right. hey, uh, by the way, gay, you know, <laughs> this, right. that or the other, um, uh, you know, because for all we know, maybe, I mean, I, I didn't even notice that scene. And I maybe I didn't notice that scene because it just didn't register with me. Uh, you know, uh, as far as I knew, it could have been that scene could have been written by somebody who was a gay writer or something who for them, it was an authentic thing. I have no idea. But if it was them just being like, yeah, we're not getting we're not getting you know, we're getting flack for not having any um, gay people. And we're just going to make sure that at least one says that they're gay. Then, yeah, that's that's you know, it's unfortunate. But again, like, you know, That's who knows, how who knows. across. Yeah, there yeah. were opportunities I think they had with characters like like Bucky was all people already assumed Bucky was gay or at least bisexual in the first place because you never see him with a girl. You never see him with a woman. He'd spent years being frozen and then killing people and then being refrozen. So there were opportunities for them to explore with a, a myriad of different characters, already established characters in the MCU to have them come out as gay or bi or anywhere on the LGBTQ spectrum without it seeming forced and instead we get a throwaway scene with one character that we've never seen before we'll never see after just putting it's up it's not even say, a yeah, hi. really yeah i'm i'm the gay guy here everybody happy now are hey. we good are you guys suggest to guess i'm giving a shit now <laughs> now we've done this that's where it breaks down for me so that kind of brings me to a point uh, um i wanted to make a little bit earlier um i was listening to a guy on youtube one day his name's eric d july i don't know if any of you know him a lot of people don't like him because he's an open libertarian. Libertarians typically lean a little bit more on the right side. So he's yep. a, a, a very much a black open libertarian, which is the double whammy, right? He's black and he's conservative leaning. So people don't like him very much. But he was making a good point on tokenism and his train of thought. And Tim, and I want to get your thoughts on this because, again, his train of thought was. I would much prefer you create a black character that is representative of my black history rather than taking a character that was created white and just turn him black for the sake of turning him black. Sure, sure. Oh, yeah. And that, yeah, that's a point. Yeah, like you brought up about Idris Elba and the whole 007 thing. Right. Um, you know, I I agree. Uh, I think that it's it, it would be much more impactful and meaningful to have new amazing characters created that reflect these audiences uh that reflect black faces uh, people of color uh you know people of all different kinds of backgrounds and uh, lgbtq and everything um but that doesn't mean that you know we can't switch it up every once in a while right like we should be able to have both you know um 
and and we shouldn't have one instead of the other where like we shouldn't have a bunch of characters that are turned black instead of just getting a bunch of new black characters right uh we should be able to have both 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 can uh, you know occupy the same space and um you know again like if people are upset about a character being turned black uh why are they upset about that? Are they upset about that because it's never been casted black? Are they upset about it because the history that they this fan is way too familiar with says that dictates that the person was never black? Well, you know, uh, again, that's up to them to to examine or whatever. But um, yeah, I think that we definitely need more black characters that are great that stand on their own instead of just turning white ones black um, it's interesting that you say that because i know that the michael b jordan uh that was a bit of i don't want to say baiting on my part but the the superman that he's looking to play is actually val zod uh, yeah it's a, not kal-el at all a, a yeah. canonically black superman in the comics so but yeah, there is right. still the side project that uh warner brothers is working on for a separate project for a black kal-el coming forward so it's it's funny that we're going to get both ends of that spectrum and see because uh, I understand, yeah, of course. Why not? Why not either utilize already existing uh, amazing black characters, Black Panther, Black Lightning, um, or uh, as opposed to, yeah, just taking a, a white character and just blackwashing them. It's 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 not obviously it's not as bad as taking a, a black character and whitewashing them, but it still seems like we're making some extra steps for no reason whatsoever. Let's just create a really cool black character that people can get behind, like Icon from it's the Marvel universe. It's not even about creating yeah, black characters. Right. There are so Icon's many fantastic. Cool black characters. That's what I mean. Icon, Static, Hardware. Yeah. You, you've got opportunities to have impactful black and now we've got Shang-Chi. So you have opportunities to have impactful Asian characters. And so I think at least the conversation is starting to change. We're starting to see some level of diversity and representation coming in. That doesn't just feel forced and token. It feels like a natural progression based on how diverse our culture is. And I'm hoping that's moving us in the right direction, but yeah, I think it's like, I think it's, uh, I think diversity is the concept. Um, at least as, as far as it being a familiar concept in some degree, it's it that has become mainstream. Diversity itself hasn't become mainstream, but the concept um, has become mainstream. Now, what needs to be mainstream is that follow through, the actual diversity, that actual inclusion. And and um, once it starts, it'll sustain itself. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it, it's uh, once the people that are let in the door reflect all these other kinds of, uh, you know, people that are on the outside, um, they'll start letting in other people as well. Like, you know, it, it, it just has to, it has to start from the top and it has to trickle down in that regard. Um, and then that has to be followed through, but yeah, I think people are more familiar with the concept of diversity and inclusion, you know, like mainstream America may not understand all the nuances of Shang-Chi or may, you know, some of them may not even know some people may grow up in towns that, don't even have any Asian people that they know of or something, but they may have seen Shang-Chi and they know that like these things are, that there is stuff outside of their bubble, you know? And, mm -hmm. and, and a lot of these people would love to know more about that. A lot of these people uh, are hungry for more and they just need those, you know, the decision makers, the people in production to be able to uh, allow them to see that. Um, and, and it's not, again, it's not just for the people that it represents. It's for all the other people that, learn more or, or at least learn more about humanity by seeing it and, and understand that there are other people out there besides themselves by learning about stories that don't feature things that they're already familiar with. 
No, I, I think Shang-Chi and Black Panther easily at least started to to broach the topic that you could have, and and Captain Marvel to an extent too, to, that you could have a strong female lead, a strong black lead, a strong Asian lead, and even predominantly Captain Marvel. I would say Wonder Woman before Captain Marvel, but either way, you know what I'm saying. No. Like you, it showed that you could still sell a movie well, to people that have those particular characters involved. Yeah. Uh, or even centrally, like Shang Chi is is a, is is like Crazy Rich Asians. It's 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 a predominantly Asian cast. Black Panther is a predominantly black cast. Um, Captain Marvel and and Wonder Woman not as much a predominantly female cast, but you still at least get a strong female in the lead role. Those all of those movies did well critically and financially. It shows that we can sell those movies to the general public. We don't just have to sell white movies to white people. Right? I will say this though, like as much as um, I agree with all that. I am still very much. I'm still very disappointed with Wonder Woman. I don't know if a lot of people are, are with me on that. I think that is a shame. We're not that that <laughs> cut him uh, off. He's done. They have to make her have a love interest. I think that that undercuts a lot of the. Um, I'm not not that I'm like the biggest feminist in the world. Like I know everything about it, but I am a feminist in that I do. Uh, you know, I am a feminist in the in the in the you know dictionary definition sense of it. And and when I see Wonder Woman and and I see this great movie that had great casting, has great effects, great writing, all this other stuff, and see that she's got to fall in love with some dude and has to like wrap her identity up in him to the point where like she's got to carry it through to the second movie. To me, I think it like really undercuts a lot of what um, could have been a much more of a feminist kind of movie if she didn't need to have some man, if she didn't need to have some dude that she was wrapped up in. Because it's not like all the hero movies. Like, yeah, maybe um, Iron Man has Pepper Potts, and maybe you know some of these. Steve has, you know, a lot of these heroes have their love interests. But are they pining for this person the whole movie? Are they going after them the whole movie? Are they having did sequels you, where they're bringing them back to life and trying to obsess over that? Like, there's a did, couple of these things here and there, but that's not a standard. And I feel like for for Wonder Woman, uh, I feel like so many people were looking forward to it. So many people could have benefited from it more if it was. Um, a woman on her did own. you just did you just say she was pining for chris pine does it did you really <laughs> just, oh man did you really just do this that. on our podcast oh, uh i, I, I agree I with you my only one. my only takeaway from you on that is it is canonically accurate that that what you sure, saw happen is. on the screen is 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 actually relatively close to what happened in the comics so yeah, it is steve trevor literally crashes on paradise yeah maybe i i don't know sure. i personally don't think it took a whole original. lot yep yep no, no, no. I, I don't completely disagree. I just don't feel like it It made the movie a lesser film. I, th I still think it was brilliantly acted, brilliantly shot, brilliantly written. Like, I think everybody played their parts the very movie. well. The first movie. And I think a lot of people, believe it or not, the reason why they wanted to bring Chris Pine back for the second movie is so many people really love the chemistry and interaction between Gal Gadot and Chris Pine. That was one of the things that That's even fine. detractors of the movie were talking about how well those two kind of paired up together. But I get your point. Her identity was so tied into what having him in her life and, and what he meant to her. So I, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I just don't feel it took away from how fantastically that movie was done. There's this, um, no, because there's you this thing called Street the Bechel, like it's like I think it's called like the Bechel test or something like that. I don't know if yeah. you guys are familiar with women yeah. talking to women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Women talking to women where they're not talking about a man or being in love Correct. with a man or like yeah. the story isn't based around a man and how important that kind of stuff is. Again, going back to representation and stuff. And yeah, maybe it, it doesn't under maybe you're, we're still able to enjoy the movie and everything, but I think it chips away at the integrity a little bit. And you know what? Uh, yeah, Patty Smith did it and saw hers. That's fine. Uh, but, you know, me personally, well, I think it would have been it would have been my. 
preference to not have that. But I think it would have ta- passed the the Beckel test, though. I mean, the whole front half of the movie is them on Paradise Island. There's no dude in the show until he crashes on the island. So I think I think it still would have passed that test. There was lots oh, yeah, of conversation and, between and women that we're not talking about a dude. Yeah, but sure, sure. Keep in mind the the role of Steve Trevor was never to be her love interest. The role of Steve Trevor was to represent the person watching the movie, right? He's your connection. Oh, he's the audience in for sure. He's the audience in the movie, the same way that Robin is the audience for Batman, the same way that Bucky is the audience for uh, 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 Captain America, et cetera, et cetera, right? Don't tell me that. I hate Bucky. I'll say that. I know, but the, the, the whole point of those characters is to, you know, relate to the kids, right? It is that person that can the kids can relate to. Yeah. Which to me makes no sense because the kids they don't want to be the sidekick they want to be the superhero but anyway uh, that was the whole point of of the story of Steve sure. Trevor originally don't I, let I'm Robbie listening. hear you say that he likes to be the sidekick don't let Robbie hear you say I don't want to be the sidekick oh, no that's, I, and I get that's that Robbie's that's whole shtick I, I mean, no 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 I'm just I, I'm, I'm teasing you I'm, I, I'm, I'm just saying in general the kids I know, when they're I watching know. these shows or these movies. You know, they're seeing themselves in the superhero, not the sidekick, right? I'm not to say that there's teasing. no people that like the sidekicks. But listen, there's a bunch of, uh, of comments that came up here at the end that I think were very good. Um, and, and I want to get through some of these before we, we log off, because we've already been online for more than an hour here. Uh, uh, Loki Kun Cosplay was saying the support group scene actually seemed natural to me. What seemed forced was the girl power scene. Um. And I have to agree with her. That scene at the end of the movie where all the girls get together, it's like, wait a second, you were all dispersed and all of a sudden in that moment. No, that was, uh, yeah, it didn't that was, that one didn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, I think the fact, uh, his Haven creatives, I think that the fact that the gay person in the support group scene was one of the Russos felt like fan baiting. 100%. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with that. Uh, Loki Queen Cosplay, okay, says, okay, but what about Idris Elba as 007? but not as James Bond. It's a code name, so it just could be both a black character in 007. And you know what? You are right, because that was the whole point of the last movie, is there's a new 007, and she's a black female. She's not James Bond, but she's the new 007. Um, that said, I wouldn't have a problem with it just being James Bond. I think Idris is dope James. as fuck. I don't yeah, care I what him. Idris is in. Yeah. He would murder it like he murders everything else. Hell, that whole The Suicide Squad movie was a steaming pile except for Idris Elba. So, like, oh, anyways, I, I, yeah, I can't talk. I can't say enough good things about how amazing Idris Elba is. Yeah, uh, Loki Queen cosplay again. Tennis has been uh, chatty tonight. Uh, says the movie didn't need, the second movie didn't need Chris Pine. Um, the second movie didn't need to be made at all. Oh, listen to all these haters. But, they, uh, they, they could have done so many better things. With oh, that yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Same budget, same casting, everything. Like, I, I could have written it better than that. The third movie will, it'll be fine. There'll be a redemption. It'll be fine. Everybody well, be patient. There is a third movie, but. There is going to be a third movie. Settle down. It's fine. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'm going to, you, you know, we have a record of this now. It's yes. been recorded if you that's think right. there's going to be a third movie. So Absolutely. Yes, that's we're correct. We're going to hold you to that. Sign, seal, deliver, baby. Believe it. The second movie still made money. Whether it was critically drubbed or not, it still made money on, on the streaming services and such, uh, as well as in the theaters. It did, yeah. So you're going to get a third movie. So it's an active development right now with Patty Jenkins. So it's it's not... It's going to happen, kids. One way or another. I didn't know that uh, it was in development. Yes, that's she's not doing uh, Rogue Squadron, the, the Star Wars movie she was she was doing before that's been pushed. Yeah, out, I hear so. that's been canceled. 
Yeah. So she's working exclusively on Wonder Woman right now after doing Cleopatra that is also going to have Gal Gadot starring as Cleopatra, which is going to be pretty cool, too. So I got to say, I'm a little bit disappointed that Stroke's Grogen was canceled because I was looking wow. forward to that. Wow. The, the Star Wars movie universe is in such a disarray right now. It's kind of like the Star Trek movie universe. They just announced there's going to be Star Trek 4, and, and the cast of Star Trek was like, uh. wait, what? Like even the cast had no idea that that was even going to be a thing. And to be fair, in the announcement, it did say that they were going to contract Chris Pine and all those people. They were going to contact them to to sign new contracts and stuff. But yeah, the Star Trek movie universe isn't just a shambles, but the Star Trek TV universe is just humming along beautifully. So Star Wars is it's the, the same. Gold, it's it's the platinum age, not the golden age. It's the platinum age of Star Trek. That's right. Damn right. Uh, I hate breaking your bubble, uh, Jeff, but Wonder Woman eighty four had a two hundred million dollar budget and it only made one hundred sixty six point five million dollars. Yeah, at the box. So it office. actually lost. Well, I mean, at the box office, yes, but you also got to yeah. remember that when you're talking about budget, you're only talking production budget. You're not talking no, no, about no. marketing budget. So I know. really, I that movie probably cost JS. close to three hundred million. Minute, JS. Right. So what that's not including is the people that had to pay thirty bucks to watch it on HBO Max. So yeah, it's not the total to gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you look up the total gross, it made a few bucks. It didn't make big money. It didn't make the money the first movie made, but it made money. Remember, made it came like out almost a billion dollars, right? At the height of the pandemic, like people couldn't go to the movie theaters. To, I think it came out in December of 2020 or something. So it was very limited in where you could watch that film in the first place. Mm-hmm. It did. It did good, but could it have done better? Well, of course it could have. Oh, for and sure. And could it have been a better movie? I'm, if anybody thinks I'm a massive fan of Wonder Woman 1984, I am not. I understand all the issues with that film. It's not great, but I don't have a but. There's going to be a third. Settle down. Relax. It's going to be fine. She's going to kick a whole bunch of ass. <laughs> and Henry Cavill is going to swoop in and be Superman again. And they're... Maybe oh, they'll fight God, again. I hope so. Yeah, I hope I he's back. I really, yeah, really I hope he's back. got to save that for the next one. That's Have right. you guys seen the finale of uh, Peacemaker? Yep. I haven't seen it yet, but I have <clears> been spoiled the fact that... So have I. I've seen that scene, but I haven't I haven't actually watched I the show yet. I haven't watched it yet, yeah. but... But yeah. I, know, I know they show up, so... Yeah. Yeah. yeah interesting. So, you know... Hey, uh, yeah. Tim, listen, you really got to do. I keep saying it. You got to come back, man. Um, yeah, you, you really know. do, brother. That uh, This was fantastic. Yeah. And especially with a strange new worlds coming out in oh, yeah. in May. And Picard, dude, Picard season two comes out like what? Well, like Picard comes out in a couple of weeks. Couple weeks. Uh, and then strange new worlds, I believe, in May. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be doing some more Trek shows for Big sure. Uh, yeah. Especially once Picard hits. Um uh, Oh, I'm sad this was sold for you guys with Peacemaker. Well, that's okay. Yeah. I'm not that big of a yeah, sore. Yeah. Like, I don't I was, mind yeah. being spoiled. Yeah. I'll still enjoy watching it. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, you know, thanks for coming, bud. You got to come back. Like I said, we're going to have some more Star Trek. So, you know, uh, make sure your wife understands that she better get prepared mentally because you're going to be back <laughs> on the podcast within the next, you know, couple months. Uh, yeah. Thanks again for coming, bud. Jeff? Of course. Pleasure as hey, always. Man absolutely pleasure as always everybody thanks, online thanks for watching us I, you know even if there's only a couple people left it was amazing as always uh, i love doing this live stuff i almost prefer it than what we were doing before so yeah yeah this dope. is wicked well, yeah I, I, thanks, I, I, I love it thanks you tim thanks for watching everybody uh, uh stay geeky make sure you like and subscribe everywhere youtube <laughs> instagram facebook follow us everywhere we've got a lot of stuff coming Make sure you keep in touch. We will see you next time. See you. Have a good night.